Welcome to the Rockbrook Church Podcast. Our hope is that today's message brings you hope and clarity for your spiritual journey. We love hearing how God is working in your life. Feel free to share any stories of how this message gave you a new perspective and hope. Email us at church at rockbrook.org to tell your story. So you could go out and buy the nicest radio at the store, have the nicest radio uh, on, the, on the market in your car. If you don't tune it in, you're not going to hear anything. That doesn't mean that no one's broadcasting. There's still stations broadcasting, but you can't hear it because you can't receive it because it's not tuned in. And that's what this next season of our church is all about. Uh, this 21 days of prayer and fasting. And actually today is day one of 21. And we set aside uh, 21 days at the beginning of the year uh, to just put him first. It's like a tithe of our time to say, God, you're first in our year. You're first in our life. And we're going to tune out some of the world and tune into God. Now, in conjunction with the 21 days of prayer and fasting, we have prayer services uh, Monday through Friday at 6 a.m., Saturday at 9 a.m. It's an incredible way to start the day, a powerful way to start the year. And it begins, those services begin with the worship team leading us. We have a time of personal prayer where we're praying over our lives and the things God has laid on our hearts. And then a time of uh, corporate prayer where uh, we're led, someone on the stage in prayer together over a prayer emphasis. Every day we'll have a different prayer emphasis. And then we close with a song. Uh, It's less than an hour long so that you can then get to work or get to school or get the kids to school or what have you these 21 days are bigger than a prayer service. So if you, if you can't make the prayer services, we've got resources and playlists and different things that could help you um, take advantage of the season. But it's bigger than just a prayer service. There's more going on. The 21, we, would, we would have 21 days of prayer and fasting even if we couldn't do the services. But then we also ask, what's the best sermon series to bring you in the midst of the season? And the most asked question people have about their relationship with God is how do I hear from God and how do I know that I've, what I've heard is from God? And the cool thing about this is that you have a speaking God. The third verse of the Bible for crying out loud is, and God said, Jesus' last words to his followers are, I'm with you to the very end of the age. Scripture and revelation ends with God speaking to churches. We, have, we serve a speaking God. God is speaking to the church. This verse uh, will be our theme verse for this series. So pull out the message notes, the outline. And I like to just remind you at the beginning of the year uh, that we hole punch those because you can put those then in a binder and save those. In fact, we have some of those binders available for purchase if you wanted to do that. We've got a great slate of messages this year that uh, you may want to keep your notes and keep track so uh, you can see what you've learned and refer back to those things. And the first thing you need to do on that outline is at the top, change the year to whatever year it is now. (laughs) Your guess is as good as mine. But here's our theme verse for this year, John 10, three through five. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him. So Jesus would often use metaphors and pictures Uh, he calls himself a shepherd and he says the church are his sheep and the sheep listen to his voice so a shepherd leads his sheep and that flock of sheep may even like cross on the road another flock of sheep and they would 
even mingle together, come together, but then separate accordingly to the shepherd because the shepherd with his voice would make that the appropriate sound and the right sheep would follow then the right shepherd. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them. And this is the dynamic you need in your life. Where God is ahead of you before you go to work, before you go to school, before you go to the hospital, before you click send on that email. Come on, somebody. (laughs) And you're being led by him. And his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Now, this verse... Uh, This passage absolutely came alive to me in a totally different context. Uh, It was about a year and a half ago, Lauren and I were uh, marking something off of her bucket list, whitewater rafting. It was not on my bucket list, it was on my list of things to avoid. (laughs) But we were in Colorado and we uh, rafted Clear Creek. And uh, it was just so cold, uh, so we had the wetsuit and the splash jacket and the other people that just happened to be in the raft, they wish they had, a, it was just so cold. And, but before we got in on the water, uh, we, we met our guide, and our guide, his name was Tennessee Lee, and he had a hard hat or a helmet that was molded into a cowboy hat. Uh, that's so, he was just so cool, he had this great Tennessee accent. And he had been down that river hundreds of times. I forget how many he said, but it was hundreds of times. And he knew he'd seen that river at every level, at every stage. He knew every rock on that river. And he'd done some really extreme stuff where he, uh, he liked to go to the most dangerous places in North America to raft. And places where you actually abandon your raft on purpose get out and jump off, out of, off a cliff, off a waterfall, and then get back in your raft. And he, he was just so cool and so cool about it and everything. And, uh, but he put us in the raft uh, first to do a dry run on land. So we're not in the water. And he says, you're going to get up in the front and I'm going to get in the back and you're going to be the motor and I'm going to be the steering wheel. So we get in. You were probably wondering what this was all about. (laughs) I was floating an idea past you today. (laughs) I've got more, but I'll stop. (laughs) But we get in, he says, you're the motor, I'm the steering wheel. And so we go through his commands and he says, you know, like forward one, you go row once and forward two and he had all these different commands so we had to learn and memorize and then practice doing them just exactly when he said and so we get through that and then we get out in in the water and we start going down and we get in with Max and Ariel just the people that happen to be with us uh, that day and he starts telling us about what we're going to see and experience on the river and he starts calling the legs by their name and uh, he says, we're coming up on Hell's Half Mile. It's, that wasn't in the brochure. Excuse me, like, what? What are we doing? <laughs> and so we started, and you'll notice in all these pictures, Lauren is smiling. And I am not. 
And I don't know if it's because she can't see what's in front of us or what, like, I don't know what's going on there, but how many of you have been whitewater rafting? Yeah, several of you. And see, what you didn't tell me when you showed me your pictures and what you don't see, because normally that's the picture, that's the whitewater rafting picture you see. But what you don't see, put this picture up, is that when you go down, you go down in a flock. There's a whole bunch of you with a whole bunch of guides and a whole bunch of people. And those guides are like right there yelling out their commands to their raft. But you've got to listen to your guide. And our guide, he's Tennessee Lee. He told me, if you don't listen to me, there's parts on here that are of this river that are called guide launchers. And you'll stay in the raft, but it will launch me out. And now you're going down the river with no guide. It's so like, okay, God, help me here. And this verse like came to mind of his sheep know the, so I've got to listen to this voice, not this voice, because the drum set's going down around that way around the rock and we're going this way around the rock. And so you had to learn his voice and listen to his voice. Proverbs 3, 6 says, listen for God's voice in everything you do, like everything, and everywhere you go. And he's the one who will keep you in the raft on the river. He's the one who will keep you on track. Now, we're going to talk a lot about God's voice throughout this series. This is a four-week series. I really encourage you to hear all these because there's certain things that you may even leave here today and be like, well, why didn't he talk about that? Well, maybe we're talking about it in the, in the other parts and you really need to get this whole thing. But we're going to talk a lot about God's voice. What is that? Now, a lot of people believe, they tell themselves that if I could just hear an audible voice, I would never doubt again. Like, I've got this decision to make, I've got this thing to do, whatever, I've got this doubt. If I could just hear an audible voice, it would clear up so much confusion, I would know exactly what to do, and I would never doubt again. Here's the thing about that, though. An audible voice is not the most superior way to communicate. It's not. Uh, You use your audible voice to communicate every day. Are people ever confused about something you said? Do do people ever not hear part of it and then it causes a conflict or a problem or confusion? Do do you say something to your kids and then your kids doubt later what you said? It's not the most superior way. And we think if, if God would just speak it to me to where I could hear it, everything would be great. I tell you, I stand in front of people every week and use my audible voice and it's amazing what they hear and don't hear. <laughs> but we even see this in scripture of, of God and, and he'll speak that way sometimes and he, we just saw this in the story of, with Mary of an angel comes before the Lord, speaks with an audible voice. But then like a few pages later, she's doubting who Jesus is. She's confused about what's going on. And it's like, come on, Mary, just a couple pages over here. You had an angel speaking to you. But it's because that's still going to happen. But what God can do is speak in a way that I don't know how else to say it. It's louder than audible. It's just so deep within. It's like, this could only be God. 
This could only be God that's talking to me. And so that, that's what we want to prepare to hear. That's what I want to guide you to. I want to guide you to a Holy Spirit who can speak in a superior way. That's better. It's better. And to do this, we're going to start this series off with a story. This is found in Luke. So there's uh, this is the third book of the New Testament. It's the third gospel, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. This is Luke's account of Jesus' life where we're going through and seeing uh, his, what he did. And Luke includes a lot of parables of Jesus. So stories Jesus told, metaphors Jesus told to make a bigger point. Let's look at this in Luke 8. And he says, whoever has ears to hear, let him hear. Let him hear. Now this is a, a statement that he says right in the middle of the story where he's saying, the problem is, isn't that I have a broadcasting problem. The problem is you have a hearing problem. You're not tuned in to receive it. I don't have a speaking problem. And so this verse is right in the middle of the story. We'll go to the verses that lead up to it and then the verses that go beyond it. And this parable is the outline today of the message. Luke 8 verse 5 says, A farmer went out to sow his seed As he was scattering the seeds, some fell along the path. It was trampled on, and the birds ate it up. Now, file that that away. The farmer sowed the seed, someone stole it. But there's another scenario. Some fell on rocky ground, and when it came up, the plants withered because they had no moisture. So there was competing things with the seed, to the seed. The third scenario, another seed fell among thorns, which grew up with it and choked the plants. One translation says it grew, it grew up with weeds. and something else smothering it out. Still other seed fell on good soil, and that's our topic for today. If the soil was right, the seed was received better. I could throw seed on this stage. A year from now, we'd come back and be in the exact same condition because it, it's the condition of the soil. It came up and yielded a crop a hundred times more than was sown. When he said this, he called out, whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. Now, I love this. He goes on in the following verses. He, didn't, he doesn't always do this, but in this instance, he explains the parable. So he just made a bunch of metaphors. He's going to walk back through it and explain what each one meant. Verse 11, he starts out and he explains the seed is the word of God. It's the voice of God. And some would say, well, that's the Bible. The Bible is absolutely the word of God, 100%. But when he said this, we, like, they didn't have the Bible the way that we have it now. So he's saying it's my guidance too. It's the voice of God too. And the problem isn't that they're, it's not a speaking God. The problem is what's on the receiving end. Some people call this the parable of the sower. It's not the parable of the sower. It's not about the sower. It's the the sower is just scattering the seed in all manner of directions. God is extravagantly spreading his word. It's just, can we receive it? It's the parable of the soils. Because we're all in one of these, different, one of these four scenarios. Here's the first one. We'll look at what Jesus explains here, and then we'll write it down. Verse 12, those along the path are the ones who hear, and then the devil comes. So the first version, he said, birds came. Here he's explaining that's the devil. So every time God tries to speak to you, the devil is going to come in and try to throw something in the mix to where you don't receive it, to where you can't hear it, and takes away the word from their hearts so they may not believe and be saved. Write this down in your notes. What's the condition of this heart? Well, this is the polluted heart. 
that God's trying to speak, but we've got junk in our hearts. Now, don't let that hurt your feelings. Because I'm not here to point my finger at you today and say, get on my level or anything like that. Because we've all got junk in our hearts. We've all got pollution. And the devil is trying each and every one of us to get something in, in our hearts to where we can't hear. It, it wouldn't matter what God was saying. We can't hear it. That pollution, by the way, is going to come in one of two forms. The first is the choices that we make. So it's the junk that we create, the sins we commit. Um, we all have sin, but some of us have unrepentant sin. So we've got, we have sins that we haven't given to God yet. We haven't turned to God in those yet. And some of you have done some things, really, you're no different than anyone else in this room. Okay? No one in this room is better than you. The, the only difference is some have repented, some have turned from it, some have decided to think about that the way God thinks about it, and some haven't. And you just, you gotta, let, you gotta turn to God, let him forgive you, otherwise it's gonna create this pollution in your heart. The second form of pollution is not from yourself, but it's from other people. People did it to you. And every time we try to, try to draw close to God, the devil's going to try to stir something up in any relationship he can. I have found it's generally in those really close relationships, marriage, kids, business partnerships, close friendships. And he tries to stir something up and there's something going on in that relationship. And you've got to remember, it's not about that other person. It's really not. It's the enemy's attempt to get in the way of you hearing from God. And he's using that thing because it will mess you up. And every time life slows down, that's what you think about. I had this happen not too long ago where I had just a conflict with someone where someone was saying some really hurtful things. It was, it was criticism, but it was not constructive in any way. And I just left that and Every time life slowed down, every time I sat down to pray, I would think about that thing. And so I went to them and we cleared the air. We cleared the pollution. And it was like, oh man, I can pray again. Like I can, I can think again. I can have a conversation with God again. And some of you, you've got pollution in the way that you're not hearing from God you're saying I, I don't have a conversation with God because there's sin in your life that you haven't repented from or there's something between you and someone else that you've either I mean normally I'm really good at just letting that stuff go for whatever reason I couldn't let that go and you've got to either just let it go or go and clear the air James 1.21 says, get rid of all the filth and evil in your lives, and then you'll be able to humbly accept the message God has planted in your hearts, for it is strong enough to save your soul. And in some places, this is the most negative church word you'll ever hear, but I think, I think it is just the most positive, most hope-filled word in the Bible, and that is the word repent. Repent. That... You could have gone a, a hundred miles in the wrong direction. It's just one step back to God. Just turn. Don't sweat it. He'll forgive you. That's, he knew what he was getting when he died on the cross. And just turn. Turn back to him. 
Write this in. We can never begin a new life until we turn from the old. You can't put on the new until you take off the old. If you take off the old, you've got to replace it with something new. Here's the second type. So maybe that wasn't you, but you'll be one of these soil conditions. You'll relate to one of them. Luke 8.13, those on the rocky ground are are the ones who receive the word with joy when they hear it, but they have no root. They believe for a while, but in a time of testing, they fall away. That's because something else competed with it. It couldn't take root. Write this down. That, what's the condition of this heart? That's the distracted heart. The distractions, they could be anything. But it has all of your attention. And for a lot of us, we're not hearing from God because we're hearing from so much other stuff. It's like trying to talk across the mall with somebody. It's, there's just too many competing voices and noise and everything else. All hell is trying to keep you from hearing from God. And it can be evil things It could just be so many unnecessary distractions. We see this in another place in the Gospel of Luke that Jesus is at Mary and Martha's house and he's at the same house talking to both of them but they're having two different experiences because one has ears to hear and the other doesn't. Uh, She had a sister named Mary who seated herself at the Lord's feet and was listening to his teaching. But Martha, overly occupied and too busy, was distracted with much serving. So serving is a great thing. And if you listen to God, he'll ask you to do it. But we get this. We get what's going on here. You know, my wife appreciates it. She needs me to serve the house and serve her and help out. She also needs me to stop and listen to her. We can do both. We, We understand this. And there's something in the world that has to to be turned down so we can hear. If you're taking notes, to hear God's voice, I must turn down the world's volume. I've got to turn it down. There's something in the world that's got to shut down. Now this is what, this is fasting. This is what fasting is. And you'll have to figure out for you what's got got to turn down. In fact, I have a whole list of things that it might be, and I'm not going to give you that list because you know, and Uh, You and the Holy Spirit can talk about that and figure out what that is. Things that you just need to eliminate for 21 days. Then after that, put it in its proper place. Now, whenever the Bible talks about fasting, it's talking about fasting food, food fasting. Because it's the greatest thing that just connects us with our flesh and connects us with the world rather than connecting us with our spirit. And so... That's why the Bible says fast food to just starve the flesh a little bit and feed the spirit. Turn down the world's volume and turn up the voice of God. And it's powerful. You say, how, well, how, how will that help me hear from God? Well, start fasting and find out. I, I talked to a guy last night who he came up after the message and he said that he had this thing he could just not break in his life. And he's like, man, I've given everything. I've tried everything. And he could not break that thing. So what he did was he fasted food. He didn't fast the thing. He fasted food. And it broke the spiritual stronghold over that thing. And that's, a, that's, that's what empowered him to break that thing finally. And he said, how does that work? Start fasting and find out. It works. Now, you, you need a season in your life. You need 
maybe even a few of these a year, but let's just start in this one where your flesh is screaming at you and you can tell it no. Not, not in a diet way, but in a way that I'm feeding my spirit, that I can tell my flesh no. And you need some seasons where your flesh is screaming at you and you deny yourself and feed the spirit. Now, if you go to rockbrook.org, our website, slash events, if you go down to the bottom of the 21 days um, page, I've put an article there on fasting. Just right there, I tried to keep it short and to the point, um, but it'll help you and give you some different ideas and, uh, and different things that you maybe need to think about to do that. But to hear God's voice, you've got to turn down the world. You've got to starve the flesh a little bit. Luke 8, 14, another soil, the seed that fell among weeds. Now, it, you don't have to try and grow a weed. It just happens by itself. What does a weed speak to? Neglect. Neglect. It's just areas, I've got areas in my yard where there's a lot of weeds because I've just neglected that area. And God says, my word falls among neglect and it stands for those who hear but as they go on their way, they are choked out by life's worries, riches, and pleasures. They don't mature. Here's the third heart. It's the immature heart. It's the neglected heart. It's the heart that says, well, I'm saved, and that's good enough for me. And God says, yes, you are saved, but it's time to grow in that a little bit. It's time to mature. I love being a part of a church that wants to grow, that wants to mature. I love being a part of Rockbrook Church and a group that they don't just settle. Now, there are many uh, who won't. There are many who won't pick up a prayer guide today. They won't open up a prayer guide. They won't open up scripture. And they're not going to fast for anything in the next 21 days. But there are many, many, many people in our church who will. They will. And, and, is it fun? I don't think so. I don't. Can I just be honest with you? I don't want to fast. I, I, I'm not exactly looking forward to getting up that early tomorrow morning and coming in to the prayer service. And I'm so torn when we approach the 21 days. I'm really excited and I'm really, oh, oh man. Because it's, it's difficult. But it's fruitful and I want the maturity that comes from it. I want the growth that comes from it. I believe that some of the powerful things that we saw happen in 2018, especially even just at the end of the year of, of people that people in our church have been praying for for a long time who came to Christ was fruit from putting God first in the first part of the year. And I want the fruit that comes from it. I want the maturity that comes from it. Uh, there, there are some people in our church, there are young people in our church who are so mature in their faith. If you come tomorrow morning, you'll even see it. You'll see some college-age students. You'll see some high school students. You'll see some junior high students who are coming to pray before they go to school. It's amazing. It's just, it's what mature people do. Hebrews 12, 1 through 2 says, Since we are surrounded by so many examples of faith, we must get rid of everything that slows us down, especially sin that distracts us. We must run the race that lies ahead of us and never give up. We must focus on Jesus. When's the last time you said, I'm going to take this next season and I'm going to let it mess up my schedule and I'm going 
I'm just going to focus on Jesus. 21 days or, or even the small group semester that starts in a month from now. I noticed the words I highlighted this time through. Same verse, but look at these words. We, we, us, us, we, us, we. My point being is that it doesn't happen in isolation. It doesn't, you don't grow just you and God. You get in a, in a place, in an environment where you're known. And then you go back to God and you have a conversation that actually changes you. And so next month, we'll start a small, new small group semester, a winter-spring small group semester. And some of you have been attending a group for a while, and uh, get ready, it's time to grow up another level, it's time to lead one of those bad boys. There are several people in our church, I believe, that maybe you feel stagnant in your growth, and your next phase of growth is going to come through leading. It's going to come through pouring that out. It's going to come through leading someone. And some never receive because they don't mature. And I'll be very honest with you. Maturity happens. Maturity comes when we stop making excuses and start making changes. And again, I, I know that's a hard statement. But we've all got areas where excuses, it's time they turn into changes. I've, I've got my own list. I've got my own things of things that, Ryland, it's time that excuse turns into a change. And we want to help you grow. In fact, we've got a thing here at the church called Growth Track. Uh, if you've been coming for a while and enjoying our weekend services, uh, then your next step is um, to, to take a step of, of joining our church, a step of membership. And today uh, is step one at 1.30, uh, where I teach that class. And uh, I just lay out the ways that we want to help you grow and what our church is committed to and what it means to be a member here and you don't decide to become a member before you come, I don't even ask you to make that decision in the class. It's not high-pressured like that. I'll just lay out the information. You can take that and then uh, decide. But you need to be connected to a body so you can grow. And if it's not this body, you need to connect to... I mean, there's so many great churches in our area, and you, you need to be connected to one of them because you've got to be connected to grow. Some of us can't hear God because we're polluted. Some because we're distracted. Some because it's just, it's a maturity issue. But the last ground, verse 15, but the seed that fell on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word, they retain it, and by persevering, circle that word persevering in your outline, by persevering. Because maybe you're thinking, I've, I've done this, I've tried, I've been there, I've done this thing are we really doing this again it's by come on do it again by persevering you produce a crop here's the last one write this down what's the heart what what's what's this heart what's this condition it's the prepared heart the prepared heart and I feel like God's leading me to say to you don't worry so much about what he's saying prepare your heart. Okay, don't worry about all the things you can't control. Worry about the thing you can. Prepare your heart. Prepare your ears. Don't worry about what he's saying. Prepare your heart, and it will become clear what he's saying. I'll give you three little words that just, they help us be prepared. How do I prepare? Well, first, again, this word again, repent. Just change, change your direction. If you've been going the wrong direction, don't sweat it. Just turn around. 
Just turn around. God will forgive you. Again, you can, you can go 100 miles, years and years and years in the wrong direction on something. It's just one step back. God's forgiveness will reach you there. Refocus. So maybe it's time um, to get to bed a little bit earlier or to, to refocus. Maybe it's time to open up that Bible plan again. Or if you haven't read the Bible in a while, don't sweat it. Just start again. And then revive. Ask God to revive your heart. That's what prepares the heart. But maybe you feel like, man, things have just gone dormant in my heart. Repent, refocus, and ask God to revive, to revive you again, to revive that relationship again. God, I want to fall in love with you all over again. 2 Corinthians 7.1 says, Let's make a clean break with everything that defiles or distracts us, both within and without. Let's make our entire lives, just the whole thing, fit and holy temples for the worship of God. And some of you, you know, like you're right in the middle of a thing right now. It's like, praise God for this because I've got a decision I've got to make like this week. And some of you, you're in, you're in hell's half mile right now. And you know, no one's got to tell you that this ain't Disney World and there's no seatbelts and there's no brakes. But there is a guide. And he's been down this river hundreds of times and he knows every rock and he's seen it at every stage. And he can go ahead of you and he can guide you. Do you know his voice? Can you hear his voice in the, in the clutter and the sound of everything else? Do you know his voice? How do you know his voice? Well, God's voice is clearest in a prepared environment. God's voice is clear, but you got to get your ears ready. Let, let him who has ears hear. You got to prepare the environment. It's about the environment. You can't grow bananas in Alaska, everybody. They grow in Jamaica. Let's get the environment ready and reap a harvest. Let's pray together. God, today I officially launch 21 days of prayer and fasting by calling the church to a season of heart preparedness. God, we repent of the pollution that we've done or let others do to us. The distractions that get in the way. God, just all those unnecessary distractions. Lord, help every one of us grow in Christ. God, thank you that this is even possible, that you're not far away. You are God with us. It's the ultimate example of that. The ultimate testimony of that. Jesus coming to earth to be Emmanuel. To pay for what I did on the cross. God, thank you. God, we want to start all this at the cross because the grave is empty, the cross is powerful and we see that nothing can separate us from you. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thanks for joining us today. We would love for you to get connected to what's going on at Rockbrook Church. Visit us online at rockbrook.org for service times, small group information, and other ways you can discover your purpose here on earth.